In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Turn your Bible, please, to 1 John, chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. St. John is speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ, whom they heard, whom they saw, whom they watched, whom they touched, because he is the Logos of God, who is eternal, and in the fullness of time, he was manifested to us. Verse 2, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Meaning, the eternal life that was actually ours and we lost it because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve through the incarnation of the Son of God, this eternal life was manifested and was granted to us again if you believe in the Son of God and take Him as your Lord, your King, and your Savior. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. So, St. John is saying, we are declaring this to you, that you may have fellowship with us. What does it mean to have fellowship with St. John? Fellowship can be understood in different ways. Number one, all of them, they are sharing the same faith the same belief, the same goal, same destination, etc. But fellowship in Christianity has a deeper meaning because all of us will become members in one body, the body of Christ. And we say it in the divine liturgy, he made us unto himself an assembled people. So, before baptism, I am individual. Individual means non-dividable. I am centered around myself. But after baptism, I'm not individual anymore. I am member in the body of Christ. And all of us who are members of one another, all of us, we compose the body of Christ. This is our fellowship. And that's why St. John said our fellowship with Christ and with the Father. How come? We are the body. And the body who is the head is Christ. So if we have fellowship with one another as the body, and we are one with the head, you cannot separate the head from the body. Because if you separate it from the body, the person is dead. In the same way, 
We are one with Christ. That's our fellowship with Christ. And Christ is one with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. So, in baptism, when I join the body of Christ, I become in fellowship with the members of the church and with one another we are, have fellowship with the head Christ and through Christ we have fellowship with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. Verse 4 And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Usually when we are with one another there is joy. How lovely and how beautiful for the brethren to come together. Even the song, how lovely it is to get together. It brings joy. Because when we are with one another, we support one another. Two are better than one. If I am weak, you will support me. If I fall, you will lift me up. I can feel that I am loved and also I love you. I feel that I am accepted, I accept you. So being with one another in fellowship, in Christian fellowship, will bring joy. And what will bring joy more? Our fellowship in, in Christ and with the Holy Trinity. The presence of God brings joy to our heart. And you can read it several times. And the disciples were joyful when they saw the Lord Jesus Christ. They rejoiced after they saw Jesus Christ. So, when we have fellowship, we have full joy with one another. Verse 5. But what is the requirement of this fellowship? This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So you should understand that God is light and there is no darkness at all in him. That's why if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So after joining the body of Christ in baptism, if I decided to live ungodly life, or if I decided and choose to live in unrighteousness, walking in darkness, then I cannot say I have fellowship with God. Because there is no fellowship, there is no fellowship between light and darkness. That's why he said, if you say I have fellowship with Christ, but I am walking in darkness, I am a liar. I'm not practicing the truth because Christ, God, the Holy Trinity is light and there is no darkness at all. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Maybe one would argue with St. John and tell him, but we are human beings. No one can live continuously, continuously, continuously in light. Each one of us, we fall every day several times. So, are we all liars? He said, no. You need to fight the good fight to walk in the light. 
and we as group having fellowship with one another, we need to encourage one another and support one another. But if you fall and repent and confess your sins and partake of his holy blood and his precious blood, then the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Then yes, we may fall in sin, but immediately when we repent and we return back to the Lord, his blood will cleanse me. I will become righteous again. I will become in the light again. So if this fellowship is interrupted for few minutes, few seconds, through repentance and returning back to God immediately, instantly, then I be washed from my sins. And verse 8, he said, yes, I know we are sinners, because if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So he put both. If you walk in darkness, then you don't have fellowship. But I understand nobody will walk in light 100%. Because if we say we don't have sin, we deceive ourselves and we are not seeing the truth. So yes, we may sin and our fellowship will be interrupted. But with immediate and instant repentance, returning back to God, life of repentance, confession and communion, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sins. That's why he's giving us in verse 9 how our sins are forgiven. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, yes, you need to admit. The important part of confession is to admit, to take responsibility. You know, in treatment of addiction, in the 12 steps, the first step actually is to take responsibility. After you submit to God, take responsibility. You admit, I say, I am addict, I am alcoholic. You know, this confession to admit, to take responsibility, is the first step in repentance. And that's the first of confession. When I go and confess my sins, I take responsibility. I did this sin, I hate it. I am willing through the grace of God to walk in light again. If we say that we have not sinned, if anyone says, no, I don't have any sin, we make him a liar. Why make him a liar? Because the Bible says nobody is without sin, even if his life on earth is a single day. This, you can, this verse you can find in the book of Job according to the Septuagint version. Septuagint version. Nobody without sin, even if his life one day or one day on earth. That's why if we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. Because his word doesn't say so. This introduction actually to speak to you about fellowship. How to live in fellowship with one another. But I want to explain first to you the fellowship from biblical and Christian perspective. Fellowship, when I join the body of Christ, then all of us will be members in one body. But the, the body has head, 
The head is Christ, so I have fellowship with Christ. And Christ is one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. So when I join the body of Christ, I have fellowship with the Holy Trinity. Yes, God is light, though I need to walk in light. But if I commit any sin through repentance, confession, and communion, the blood of Jesus Christ will wash me from all sins. And my fellowship with one another and with God will continue. And in this way, I will live in life of joy. As he said, your joy will be full. So, what is the definition of fellowship? Definition of fellowship, at least you have three factors when we say you have fellowship with one another. One goal, one mind, and complementing attributes. That's fellowship. One goal, salvation and union with the Holy Trinity. One mind is our faith. All of us will believe in the same creed. And we have talents. These talents complement to us another. As St. Peter said in First Peter chapter 4, verse 10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good steward of the manifold grace of God. And practically, we have fellowship in faith. As we read in Philemon chapter 1 and verse 6, St. Paul says that the sharing of your faith, sharing of your faith means the fellowship of your faith. بالعربي لكي تكون شركة إيمانك that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So we have the same mind, the same faith. So we have fellowship in faith. And also we have fellowship through communion. We have fellowship because in communion, that's why we partake from one bread. We don't partake for more than one bread to say we are one body. So all of us, we eat from one bread. And in the fraction when Abuna divide the, the Urbana into several pieces, do you know how many pieces? How many pieces? Divide the Urbana into 13 pieces. You know why 13? 12 represented the church. And the one in the middle represents the head of the church, Christ. So that's Christ and the body. So that's why it is divided into 13 pieces. 12 represents the church and 12 is 3 by 4. 4, the four corners of the world, 3, the Holy Trinity. So people in the whole world who believe in the Holy Trinity. And the head is Christ. And through Christ, we have fellowship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Also, we have fellowship with the victorious church. As you know, we are here, we call ourselves the struggling church or the militant church, from the word military. Those who are striving, fighting the good fight. And though the, the saints in, in, um, in the paradise, we call them the victorious church. And we have actually 
fellowship with the people in, uh, in the victorious church. That's why you mention them in the commemoration of the saints, because they are one. Those who departed from in, on earth, they are still members in the body of Christ. So we are with them in fellowship. As we read in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Word partakers means sharika, fellowship. بالعربي شارك شاكرين الآب الذي أهلنا لشركة ميراث القديسين في النور. So we can read it, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be in fellowship, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And what does it mean to be in fellowship with God? To be in fellowship with God means to be immortal and to live eternally with God and also to share with him in his glory as the Bible says if you suffer with me you will be glorified with me to share his resurrection we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the age to come the early church lived the life of fellowship in a very practical way. We read in Acts chapter 4 and verse, verse 32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that anyone, any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. So the money, they used to bring it and put it at the feet of the apostles. And each one took his need only. And everyone sold what he had and they put it at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each as anyone has need. They lived in, in true fellowship. That's why, although it is difficult right now to do it in the same way, but at least our fellowship with one another can be manifested like when we hear that our brethren are needy, either here in America or in Egypt or in any country, and we feel for them and we participate in their needs. This is an expression of fellowship because I take from my money and support others. Fellowship is not only about money, but if I hear that my brother is sick, or my brother is ill, or my brother is drifted away from God, or my brother goes through difficult time, my brother is in prison, my brother uh, lost one of the beloved one, always, always we go and we support one another, and we stand with one another. That is our true fellowship with one another. Even in a meeting like this, when we come together to a youth meeting, what is the purpose of coming together to a youth meeting? Now, actually, the media has 
thousands, if not ten thousand, if not millions of sermons. Unlimited number of sermons. If you like to hear any sermon about any topic, you can search and you can find the best speakers addressing this topic. So why we come together? Why not each one of us go and listen to sermons as he wants? Why we come to another? Part of it is a fellowship to be with one another and to support one another, not to be individuals, each one just living by his own, but to come to one another in the spirit of a family. I like, again, what we say in the Divine Liturgy. He made us unto himself an assembled people. Assembled people, people coming and assembled together. You know, being in person with one another was very, very important. See what St. John wrote in his second letter, verse, chapter 1, verse 12. Having many things to write to you, I did not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. So when we come and meet face to face with one another, our joy may be full. He repeated the same meaning in the third letter. It's only one chapter, verse 13. I had many things to write, but I do not wish to write to you with pen and ink, but I hope to see you shortly and we shall speak face to face. Speak face to face. Unfortunately now, speaking face to face start to disappear. People say, you know, I can watch the Vespers over live stream. I don't have to go to church. Why we don't do our meetings through Zoom instead of coming face to face? Even people living in the same house, they text each other. They don't talk to each other. And major decision and major discussions can done over text message. And I am in this room and my brother in the other room and we text each other. I don't just walk a few steps to go and see him and talk to him. Or we prefer not to come to church like in a youth meeting or and have time together to spend it with one another. The fellowship, the support, even people in the secular world, they say support system is very important to, to any individual. You need to have a strong support system to be able to face the challenges. And the best support system in your life is your family and your church. That's the best support system. So we need to encourage one another and come together in, in meeting like this, in youth meeting. St. Paul in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, he said to the people in verse 24, see the fellowship and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So when we meet with one another, we will stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. It's very important to come and assemble together. Unfortunately, as St. Paul said, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So this fellowship 
with one another is very, very important. Also, the fellowship with the, as I told you, with the heavenly ranks and with the saints. Many people say, why you ask the intercession of saints? Why? You know, St. Paul answers this question also in his letter to Hebrew, chapter 12 and verse 1. He said, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that's fellowship. I am surrounded. You know these icons around us? To remind us that we are surrounded with cloud of saints around us. Let us lay aside. So this support system will help me to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So yes, we have fellowship with one another, but we have fellowship with the heavenly, with the saints, the cloud of saints surrounding us. Help us to lay aside every weight and sin that ensnares us and to run the race with joy, uh, looking to the author and finisher of our faith. The blessings of living in fellowship. Number one, union with God. will be one with God. And this actually will give joy to our hearts. Also, the grace and peace. When we live with one another, our heart will be filled with grace of God and, and peace. Thus, the world will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So our love for one another is a testimony, our fellowship with one another is a testimony that we are the, the disciples of Christ, the children of God. Even the Lord promised us, if two, two among you pray together or get together, I'll be in their midst. So when we assemble together, God is in our midst. God, you know, when we come to the church, we chant and say, Emmanuel, our God, is now in our midst. Now in our midst. With the glory of his Father and the Holy Spirit. These are not just words. It is a reality we experience when we come to the church. Emmanuel. And what does it mean of Emmanuel? God is with us. God is in fellowship with us. God is in our midst. Emmanuel, our God, is, is now in our midst with the glory of His Father and the Holy Spirit. So, you know, even in monasticism, which is solitary life, to forsake all or to detach from all in order to be joined with the one. There is, you hear San Bachum, the father of Kinonia. Kinonia means fellowship, Sharika, Abbi Sharika. When St. Anthony started monasticism, people lived completely a solitary life. But not everyone was able to live in complete solitude. It's not for everyone. 
Because God created us as relational being. Our soul is a relational soul. Our soul grow in relationship. That's why when it was difficult for the people to live in a solitary life, Saint Bakum came and started the life of fellowship, life of kinonia. So the monks were living together like in dorms, huge number, not everyone has his own cell, but they live in, in big dorms and live in fellowship. But again, although we, we are relational being, but each one has his needs to live in privacy. That's why also the style of the Bakumian monasticism did not last long because they were too enmeshed together. So St. Macarius established something in the middle, like our monasteries right now, in which I have my private life in my own cell, but I live in a monastery with other monks. So this is a balance between life of fellowship, we pray together, we eat together, but each one has his own cell and his own personal life. And that's why this style of monasticism survived for 16th century. But the point that I want to mention here, even in monasticism, people could not live in complete solitary life. They needed to live with one another because we need the support of one another. Very, very few people lived in solitary life, like St. Paul the First Hermit or some Anchorite. But even in our contemporary time, when we say Pope Krollos or Pope Shenouda lived solitary life, they lived in complete solitary life for a short period, not for a long period. And then Mr. Pope Krollos came and lived in Tahuna and he received the people and he made disciples, etc. So, but he lived a complete solitary life for a short time and the same for Pope Shenouda. What I'm trying to say, in baptism, we took the potential for the fellowship. We joined the body of Christ. And we become one with the, uh, with the Christ and with the Father and the Holy Spirit. So we need to live this life of fellowship. So fellowship also appears in your prayer. When you pray, don't pray only for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends. If you are a Sunday school servant, pray for your class. Maybe the deacons notice usually on the altar, we have a list for all the clergy and all the nuns and all the monks, consecrated sisters, they are serving in, in, in the diocese. And actually at the end we say, and all the people of the Southern diocese, because we are one. We need to pray for one another and we need to mention one another in every divine liturgy. If the bishop and the clergy prayed for the clergy and, and priest pray for the servant, servant pray for their classes. So actually each one from the congregation, there is at least another one praying for him. That's life of fellowship. Pray for one another. So start from today in your Agbayan, have a paper, write in it your prayer list, 
your family, your friends, those who are lost, those who are sick, those whom you know and they are in difficult uh, situation like in prison or whatever, uh, those who departed. And in this way, actually, you will be in fellowship with one another. Also, as we said, fellowship means to come and partake from the body of Christ and to confess our sins. So be consistent in living the life of repentance, to be walking in light and confession and communion. Don't let one day go without doing something like the Good Samaritan to help one person in your life. Don't let one day go without maybe as simple as smiling at the face of somebody or say a word of encouragement or help somebody. Help a, an old man to cross the street. Help an old lady to carry her uh, bag or, or, or whatever. Try every day to express the fellowship in a practical way. Also, you as youth here, I want you to revive the youth meeting and to attend every week and to make this youth meeting a very, very effective and strong by your attendance. As, as we read together in the letter of St. John, you know, I want to see you face to face that our joy may be full. Come, pray together, discuss the Bible together, discuss contemporary issues together, discuss you know, what you face and the challenges you're facing together. And then maybe you have uh, time to play, to have fun, to eat something together. You know, this fellowship and this support system will help you and help all of you. Fellowship also with the heavenly. When there is a feast, come to the church, do the veneration, Remember that when we are surrounded with this cloud of witnesses, help us to lay aside every weight and every sin, and also to be able to run the race. Don't forget your fellowship with the heavenly and with the saints. Make one of them your friend, like Pope Krolos. He had Marimina as his friend. Choose one and, and start to make a personal friendship. Read his story. Ask him to pray for you, venerate him, uh, maybe every day or at least in his feast. Remember him. That's why in every divine liturgy, we read the Synaxerium. And the purpose of reading the Synaxerium, because they are part of the body of Christ. They are one with us. And the, the body of Christ cannot be complete without them. So if we are one, they are one with us. Have fellowship with the heavenly and with the saints. May the Lord help all of us to live this life of fellowship, as we say in the benediction at the end, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We say, love of God the Father, grace of His only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So our fellowship is one another, but in Christ with the Father, and with the Holy Spirit, glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.